Uh, what's good, everybody? It's your boy, A Mike Boogie, and this is the EBS Podcast. I'm here with the crew, Obi Wan. Hello, everyone. Young Buck. What up? Ike the Great. What's good, people? Yeah, what's going on? This is uh, not very typical for us, but uh, due to the circumstances out there, uh, I-, I think we felt like we should, should, you know, get on here and kind of give our thoughts. Um, for me, I was conflicted. Um, and if you're not sure what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the death of George Floyd, uh, who was murdered on May 25th by Derek uh, Chauvin, a, a white police officer from Minneapolis, uh, who decided or felt that it was okay to, to put his knee on the neck of uh, George Floyd for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Uh, two of those minutes and 53 seconds after, you know, George passed away. Uh, so, so I guess first and foremost, uh, I just want to give my condolences to, to George's family and, you know, everyone who's uh, suffering and everybody that's involved in that. Condolences. You never want to see somebody being murdered at all, um, especially by the police who's supposed to be protecting and serving the community. Um, and I'll be honest with you guys, you know, I felt conflicted at first. You know, at first I was like, you know, let's get on here and, and let's let's talk about it. But then I was kind of like, I don't want it to look like you know, we're taking advantage of, of a situation here. And the reason why I feel that way, because when I look out on the media, I see a lot of people taking advantage, including two candidates who are running for president, um, you know, Joe, you know, Joe Biden and, and um, Trump. But that's that's a whole nother story. But uh, what I'll do is I, I'll give the floor to you guys just to kind of talk about how you feel, you know, if you saw the video and, and what's your thoughts now. So go ahead. You already sparking controversy. Am I? <laughs> Joe Biden and, and Donald Trump taking advantage of the situation? Yeah, we can get to that later. We can get to that. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. Well, it's, I mean, thoughts. I mean, there's not really much to say, to be honest with you. I think I'm at a point where I don't really need even need to say anything or really give thoughts to uh, certain situations. Um, everyone knows what happened. We know what it is. And obviously, as a black man, we all understand how we're going to feel uh, in these situations. Um, so, uh I'm not sure that I anymore have thoughts that are directly tied to the situation that has happened. I think I have mm-hmm. thoughts as to what happens after that. Um, but it's just a tragic and unfortunate situation that shouldn't have happened. Basically. Yeah, I agree. Young Buck? Uh, first and foremost, uh, condolences to the Floyd family for their loss. Um, I can't imagine uh, you know, losing a, a spouse or a father or a brother and then having to watch that, you know, on um, on videotape over and over and over again. And even, I guess, the act of having people bring it up and, you know, give their input on it, it can be tough, you know, just to kind of sit through that and, and go through that. So con- condolences to the family. Um, to um, Obi-Wan's point, there isn't really much to be said here, you know, um, other than I'm, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Honestly, when I saw this, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised by the brutality. I wasn't surprised by the outcome. And I'm still not surprised by uh, the chaos that has ensued afterward. You know, um, I'm not going to tell anybody how they need to grieve. I'm not going to tell anybody how they want to handle it because, frankly, I have no suggestions. Um, you know, as you all know, in the group chat, I've been asking all week, like, what do we do? Right? Not to be an asshole, but to genuinely ask because at this point, I don't know what else to do. 
you know, we've tried being compliant. We've tried uh, fighting back, if you will. We've tried legislation. I, I literally am at a loss for words and or action to do, you know. So, um, yeah, it's it's a sad, tragic moment. Um, you know, this 2020 has been hard enough as it is, and, and just things like this have just not helped, you know. So that's all, all I really have to say on it. I agree. I want to start by giving my condolences to the Floyd family. And, you know, my heart goes out to everybody that feels some level of impact to this from the death of George Floyd. And this does not go to the family of the murderer. Um, when this initially came out in the news, I didn't watch the video. Like, you know, because we, we see this happen so many times, right? I was so jaded by it. I was just like, oh, Another one. Sounds bad, but that's just where we are, right? And then I saw the fucking video. And my, I try not to watch stuff like that because, I mean, somebody say that um, I, I would just rather not you know, fill my mind space with things like that. But when I saw that video, it was just, it was just so very painful to fucking watch. You know yeah, I almost cried. Yeah, I mean, it's like you're watching that shit and you see a guy laying lifeless. And, and, and there may be people listening to this that couldn't you know, bring themselves to watch the video. So I'll just talk about it from my perspective. I'm watching that, and there's a guy just laying there, not fighting back. Yeah. He's just laying there, and there's this piece of shit cop with his knee. I'm assuming he weighs about 200 pounds on this guy's neck. There's another cop, an Asian cop, who's defending his officer's, his, uh, his co-worker's action by saying, this is why you say no to drugs. Topic for a different day, but if that's the case, then the opioid epidemic should not be a fucking conversation whatsoever. And being on drugs is not a cause for you to kill anybody. Not but I digress. Um, so I'm watching that, and the thing that got me the most is when that black man on the floor said, Mama, for a grown ass man to say, Mama? He knew at that moment, man. He knew it. At that point, that was like probably the last, that was his last ditch effort. Yeah. Let me call on the one person that has always been there for me, that has always protected me, mm. and see if she can come and save and rescue me. That's what I heard. And I was just like, this is fucking bullshit. This is fucking bullshit. And it's, I don't know what else can be done about it. I mean, we've had this conversation throughout our group chats about, you know, what can be done. Um, people are talking about it, but, you know, it's almost like talk is cheap. People are, you know, rioting and protesting about it, but it's almost as if action is cheap as well. So what the fuck? Well, what the fuck? Let me read a quote to you guys, right? And I, I think all three of you guys have said something in common, which is, what's next? What do we do? How we change this? How do we fix this? Where the quote says, you get freedom by letting your enemy know that you'll do anything to get your freedom. Then you'll get it. It's the only way you'll get it. And I feel like we're getting to that point. And that was by Malcolm X. And, you know, we often talk about how we, we lack great leaders like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. And I feel like we're getting to the point where, you know, we might have to take it to violence to let people know that enough is enough. You know, I, when I, whenever I talk to my wife, I often tell her that I don't believe that 
um, African Americans, black people are are violent by nature. The reason why we we didn't revolt during slavery. The reason why we haven't taken this whole country and blown that motherfucker up because we could do it if we wanted to. We we're always looking for peace. We're always looking for another way to solve this issues. But when you're face to face with this situation and you keep seeing your brothers and your sisters dying by the hands of these white people who are supposed to be protecting and serving the community, what else can you do? You know, and, and, and it's a tough situation because when I look at it, I say, hey, I got a family. You know, I got a wife, I got a son, and I fear for, fear for all of us, but at the same time, am I, am I willing to put my life on the line in the sense of saying, okay, enough is enough. We need to, to take the next step forward as far as um, letting, you know, this country know we are no longer going to take this. And I don't know if I can commit myself to that, you know? And I, I wonder, do you guys feel the same way? Are you hesitant to say, hey, you know what? Enough is enough. We need to fight fire with fire. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I'm hesitant in saying that, but um, I don't know. I think for me, all of this is all, it, it's, a, it's a process. It's a process of growth that happens. Um, I think there's, there's, oh my gosh, what the hell is going on? Uh, then there's the anger, then there's the rage. And I think you get a, pa a point past the anger and the rage, um, which, you know, I said on the uh, group chat we had is we got to get wiser. Um, and I don't know if just being angry and raging is actually wise, um, unless you're really taking true thought into how you're going to be angry and rage and how you're going to uh, channel that. Um, so I think that we have to be wiser and, and actually have sit-down conversations with us about how we're going to combat this. Um, I think everything that we've done is proactive, I'm sorry, is reactive, and we actually haven't put steps into place to be proactive and, and and you can be proactive by saying hey if this happens again this is what we're going to do maybe we are going to riot for three days and after that we're going to go to the you know state house or we're going to go to our lawmakers or we're going to have sit-ins or as a community we're not going to be a part of the economy and help continue to grow this economy and feed this economy because as people know you know black people are you know the highest consumers in the in the country probably in the world. So I just think that um, we're not being wise in what we're doing. I think we're just continue to react and we want to react and, and say, fight fire with fire. And that might be, that might not be a bad course of action. Um, I do, however, feel that there could be, uh, it, it may not be productive um, right away. So how much destruction are we going to have before we start to see productiveness coming from that? Uh, and that's something that we should consider if that's the, the, the avenue in which we as black people want to take. No, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. You know, and, and, uh, and I wonder, like, you know, people are protesting right now. And um, it seems to be like th that's what we move towards to when something like this happened. And I just feel like, you know, protesting is not enough. But at the same time, I don't know what the answer is. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's, that's kind of the issue. We just don't know what the answer is. But, you know, what's, what's, what's scary to me right now is that white people understand the chain of reactions here. Because 
not only did you know this happen to George Floyd, but there's there's been a, a few things that's happened in the last few months. You know, re most recently, I think some white lady called the police on a man because he told her to put you know chains on her dog. And I bring that up because this occurred because Floyd, a uh, uh, somebody called the police on Floyd because they thought that he was attempting to use a twenty dollar bill to uh, counterfeit to to pay at a deli, right? And I think they that, thought it was counterfeit. Yeah, they thought it was counterfeit. And I think that, you know, white people who are calling the police on things that are so ridiculous are doing it on purpose because they know the police are going to react in a certain way. And so it, it starts from there. It's like we need to understand that obviously the way the police are policing is wrong. And no one is taking accountability for how the police are doing what they're doing at so the highest level. I feel one um, aspect of that that we're missing is um I, I so i used to agree with you uh hey mike that it, it, it's just um certain people calling the police because they know how they're going to react but lately just because i've been watching so many of these videos i don't think it's that anymore i genuinely think it's it's two things it's ignorance and it's privilege at the end of the day i, I don't think so much it's i'm going to call the police on you because i know they're going to pull up and and harm you it's i'm going to call the police on you because i'm better than you and I need you, I want you to stop doing something I don't think you should be doing, or I need you to not be in a place where I don't think you should be because I'm here and I'm better than you or, you know, something to that effect. And I, I genuinely think it comes from ignorance and a place of privilege. And, and I, while I think, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it, it is privilege because in my mind, I think of it as, you know, it's selfish, right? Because um, the person is worried about that counterfeit money or somebody telling them what to do. And in my experience working at the front door of a nightclub, I have learned that people don't like anybody telling them what to do or especially white people. Uh, they don't like when somebody of color tells them what to do. They get on their high horse and they tell them, you know, go back to your country, whatever the case may be. Right. So I think it's, it's it is ignorance. It is privilege. And, it is selfishness because, you know, if we look amongst ourselves, if somebody pisses us off, a person of color, a black person pisses us off, we are hesitant to call the cops because it's like, all right, now you're weighing the situation to like, okay, is it worth calling the cops because we know how cops react? You know what I'm saying? But I have to look at what it will look like if I take you know, matters into my own hands. And it's just conflicting for people of color. But I feel like for, you know, non-people of color, it's not conflicting. It's like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Somebody does something fucked up to me. I call the cops and, you know, they can handle it from there. I get my justice and fuck everything else that happens after that. Yeah, but are, are they calling the cops on, on, you know, people of their same color? I don't, I don't think so. I think... I don't, I don't know. Well, I, I mean... Let's address the, the issue that you presented, right? White people calling the cops on black people for the various number of reasons. We can be proactive in that. Like, when if, a, if we run into a situation where we leave our house today where a white person is going to call the cops on us, what are we going to do? We don't know. But let's have a step one, right? Let's have a step two. What I've noticed with the... the um, 
I think her name was Amy Cooper, the one who called the cops on that on the uh, bird watcher that asked her to put a leash on her dog. What I noticed right. about that situation, and there was another situation where an older gentleman called the cops on a black-owned business working out um, within in the building in which they leased for their business because he didn't think they were supposed to be there, is it wasn't on national news, right? We saw it on Instagram. Maybe we saw it on one of our Google searches, but it wasn't on national news. We as black people, we need to put this in the forefront, right? We need to put in the forefront that lady that threw her child into the water, into the river, right. killed him, and then went and blamed it on a, a black man, right? So I think that sh we have to come up with a, a step process when these situations happen so that, one, we can put the shed to light what these individuals are doing that's not right, right? Because ultimately what happens, we get the spotlight put on us. Put that spotlight back on them, right? They want to call the cops on you? Call the cops on them. Like, what is going to be our process when these situations happen? And, and, and I keep going back to it. We're reactive, we're reactive, we're reactive. But let's be proactive. Like, let's have a plan. We know how this works, right? We, we go do something. A white person calls the cops. The cops come. They potentially kill us. Like, we know how it works, and then we know what happens after that. Let's have a plan in place to where we're putting, we're, we're controlling the narrative, where we're controlling how things are going to go, and we're not allowing someone that does not like us, that does not part support us, controlling how things are going to go. Because at, at the end of the day, once they start controlling it, I mean, the damn coroner already put out that he didn't die of asphyxiation. He died of his own conditions. So plus basically, whatever drugs he had in his system. Plus whatever drugs he had in the system. So basically, if the cop didn't press his neck, his knee to his neck for eight minutes, he was gonna die anyway. That's fucking bullshit. Of course, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. But we allow them to control that narrative. So I think that's a good segue into my next point because I feel like we're all hitting on the same points of you know how how we need to adjust, how we need to control the narrative. But one fucking thing that nobody is talking about that needs to fucking change is police procedure, police policy. 100%. Just, if you want to put it in layman's terms, these motherfuckers using their brains in situations. You know well, what I mean? They, they do, just not with a black man. Just no, not with a black no, woman. No, 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 no. I mean, they, and they're not using their the, brains. We see it all the time. We saw, we saw it in Detroit, where those protesters went to the Capitol building with their guns, yelling and screaming at these cops. What? And you know what they did? They was motherfucking... Uh, they were uh, in control. London, London patrollers standing in front of the... <laughs> The, the where the, the queen's palace they yep, didn't do a yep. damn thing so find people they had i mean these people have brains they know how to use them i don't think so use when and how they're going to use it i mean common sense tells you if i'm putting all my weight down on your neck <laughs> i'm hurting you yeah, i mean so the, the fact the fact of the i matter, agree with you but the, the fact of the matter is you know it, it's not about using brain power I don't think it's about procedures, honestly, and I'll give an example later. It's the fact that they don't value black life, period. And it, they don't care because if we take the example, and I'm not good with names, but the man who um, had his daughter in the car and his girlfriend in the car, he got shot. And he went through a process, if you will, of saying, hey, I am a licensed gun carrier. I have a gun in the glove compartment. You know, uh, I just want to let you know that. 
and he still got killed. Philando, Philando Castile, right? That's poor procedure. Yeah. That's, that's well, poor procedure. We're not talking about procedure of Philando himself. I'm talking about police procedure. We're talking right, about police my, procedure. But, but my point is, Obi once said that black people need to have a procedure. And what I'm saying, uh, whether it's a procedure that we need to take a process to, to uh, be more proactive instead of reactive, or is it the, the police thinking? That's not what it is. What's been perpetuated in our country is that black lives don't matter. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. What I'm saying is, and, and, and unfortunately, lives are still going to be lost until we get into a place where we can change those procedures, right? We can change the people that are policing the communities that are not supported by us. I mean, that Philando Castile situation, it's, 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 we talked about selfishness. We talked about feeling like we're better. It's also this, this fraudulent white fear, right? That white people have been perpetuating since the beginning of time right they fear black people when and that they have absolutely no reason to fear black people because black people have never been dominant black people have never held held their knee to their neck you know what i mean in in the history in which we have encountered each other but yet they yeah. still fear us and and, 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 and white people only started fearing black people in the 80s because before that black people were afraid of white people because, but even even back then they feared us right they feared us sleeping with their women right they feared us being around them so although it may not have been a physical uh attack fear it was a fear that this person isn't truly a person which goes back to what a mike says but controlling the things that we control Fernando castile did everything he was supposed to do in that situation but after that we still have to continue to control that right Nothing happened to that police officer, right? Nothing happened to that police officer. And that's one of many situations in which we really got to take control and make sure that we are making things happen. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, you know, this, this whole situation is just, it, it's, it's frustrating. It's sad. It's scary. It, it's all of the above. It's because it's kind of like, you know, we, we, eventually we're all going to have children. We're going to bring children into this world. And, you know, what I'm thinking about now is when my son gets older and he starts driving, he says, hey, dad, uh, I'm going to go hang out with my friends. Like that sense of, of fear that your son goes out very innocently and doesn't come back home because some racist white police officer, quote unquote, fears his, for his life, you know, and, and or, or some racist person doesn't believe my son belongs in this neighborhood, you know, or or some racist person saw my son looking at a house like this. So it's scary out here. And I don't know. I don't know if there's ever going to be a solution. Um, just because I don't know if we can control some of these narratives, the media, for example, um, you know, as much as some of these medias try to stay neutral, they're not neutral at all because the stories that they put out there, you know, it's like, oh, yes, the police officer killed this, this black person. But did you know this black person had a life of, of crime, was a drug addict, uh, was in the, in the gang? You know, but things that are just not relevant to I still what think, is... I still think that's something that we can control. Like, if, if something ever happened to me, I'm not just going to let them slander my name. Like, I, I'm a, I, as far as I believe, I'm a decent human being. And, and the first thing that we need to do in these situations is put that, I mean, when you go to trial, what do you do? You round up the people that can show the character of this person that may be on trial. And it's the same situation. We have to do it first, right? We have to do it first. And that's, and, and that's you know, 
we part of the issue is when these happens, we grieve, we we uh, react, we're outraged, we're angered. But we got to be smart. We got to be wise. Like we have to do the right things. And some of those things means putting the narrative out there about who that person is first before somebody else does it. Like that's part of it. So now nobody's going to say, well, he's a criminal. He's this, he's that. He's actually a loving father. He's a caring person, right? He's part of the community. He's given back to the community. Let's paint that narrative of who that person is. Let's get those of us who look like us and those of us who don't look like us to be a part of that, that we're putting forth. But honestly, when we don't do that, and the first thing we do is we react in a violent way, that does have a negative impact. So we have to, we have to think about that. We have to think about that. I, I mean, I hear you, and I just, I just feel like it, it's, it's a tough situation yeah. for you know us black people because how many times are you going to slap me before I slap your ass back? You know what I mean? It's like, so I got to just keep taking it and taking it and taking it and hoping that at some point you're going to get it. I, I just don't know. I mean, listen to this aftermath, right? So, so George was murdered on the May 25th. On May 26th, the police officers involved were placed on leave, right? Two days later, you know, the, the, the police department, the FBI, said this is going to be a joint effort to, and they're going to make it a top priority. It wasn't until May 29th that the murderer, murderer was arrested. And the charges that was placed on him was third-degree murder and second-degree manslaughter. To me, that means they're still not taking this seriously. Progress, though. Is it? I think, I think we, uh, Ahmaud Arbery, what, two, three months later? You know what I mean? I, it's progress. And it may not be the, the impactful cliffhanger progress that we're looking for, but it is progress, right? It's also progress from the standpoint of what that mayor was saying about what happened. Because he came out right away and he condemned those police officers. And they said, they, and, and they said he murdered it. So it's progress which means something that we're doing is starting to work, but we just have to, we have to have these coalitions. I think, I think I the great have mentioned it. Like we got to have different factions, right? You do have to have the people that ain't afraid to get violent and yeah. go to jail. Right. right. You, you do need that. Right. But you do have to have the people that's going to educate. You do have to have the people that's going to be able to, you know, move through a room full of vultures, right? So it's different coalitions of people that we use. And the Black Panther Party had that, right? Even, even the Nation of Islam, they had that, right? So we have to be able to create that and, and send the team into that situation. Because if we're looking around and we're saying there's nothing for us, then what we're saying is the police, the media, the, the judicial system, the DA office, all of them, are against us. So all of them are going to paint the same picture in the same narrative. Well, are we only going to come back and fight violence? Or are we going to come back and, and have somebody that's going to combat what that coroner is saying? That's going, to, that's going to combat what that police officer is saying. That's going to combat what that DA is saying. Like, if you don't have those people in place, it right. doesn't really matter because they have one standard image and um, narrative that they're going to put out. And we have to have the same thing. Yeah, but I, I think at the same time, is, is are we able to, to have somebody that's going to come in and be neutral when going through this process? You know, a, a neutral prosecutor, a, um, a, a neutral 
um, you know, person that's investigating the body and things of that nature. And because because right now, you know, obviously it's it's a club, you know, if the yeah. police officer commits the crime, but the people who are, quote unquote, looking for for justice or the truth are all in bed with those group of police officers that continuously, you know, commit these crimes. And so their view is already skewed. But I don't know if we are allowed even to say, hey, can we bring in a neutral party? So, you know, at some point, maybe a procedure that says when these type of crimes happen, that anybody that is is related to, to any department needs to be removed from the situation. So it, it, it seems like it's a neutral I mean, this investigation. Is why, this is why, to me, this is why voting is important. Um, but we, you know, what's, what's that movie? The Departed, right? Um, you wish your boy, Jack Nicholson, Nicholas, Nicholas, Jack Nicholas, whatever Nicholson. his damn name is, right? <laughs> his role was to groom men to infiltrate yeah. his quote unquote enemy that could protect him, right? We don't have that. Why don't we have that? There's no reason why we shouldn't have that because people like Jay-Z, people like Diddy, people like Oprah can actually support this. We can start putting through, we can start putting people in these positions from a young age. Like we can start infiltrating these systems so we can have some type of control from a, from a young age. Like there's no reason why we don't have, we don't have these in different parts of urban America in in different major cities. So like, there's no reason, there's enough money within the black, the, within the black community to make these things happen. Like I have, a, I have a question. So would that be, we can do it. Would that be on like a covert level or would it be overt? Like Why, it doesn't need to be covert. We can overtly so, do that shit. So I agree. I agree. My only, the only, I guess, drawback I would have of that is that if we start doing that, then they start doing that. They're already doing it. No, 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 no. So it, it becomes different, right? Because then you're drawing a clear divided line. And at the end of the day, while we do have all of this money, while we can push a lot of our objectives forward by ourselves, we are still a minority in a country where the white people are the majority. So if we start doing black candidates versus white candidates, to, a, to an effect, I'm not I'm, saying that's I'm, what you're I'm pushing, not, but I'm but, saying like just just for the, the I guess, the... That's, that's not, I'm, not even, I'm not even just talking about candidates, right? I, I'm talking about law enforcement officers. I'm talking about teachers. I'm talking about firefighters. I'm talking about doctors and nurses, people who run business, people who can make decisions, right? People who can can, can say, well, you know what you're doing is wrong. Yeah, you know what you're saying is wrong. Like, you know, people that can say, well, you got these four guys in your precinct and they and they they've been brought up on this charge and this charge and this charge and this charge and all of that is wrong. So I'm not saying that we have candidates that we can simply vote for, but I'm saying that we have your 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 friendly neighborhood fireman, your friendly neighborhood mailman, your friendly neighborhood police officer, and someone that looks like you, or they don't have to look like you, but they stand and support the things that you support because there are white people that want the same things that black people want. There are Hispanics, there are Asians. They they want the same thing. So that doesn't necessarily have to be black versus white. It just yeah. has to be us versus them, <laughs> whatever so, that means. Good versus evil. So since the murder, um, there's been a lot of protests and riots. And, you know, this is not the first time that we've seen this, obviously. Um, and for me, you know, I, I'm often conflicted about the riots. Uh, one thing I don't get about riots is why, you know, we, we riot in our own communities. Um, 
and I feel like it'd be more effective if we're riding in areas where, um, where it needs to be, where people need to be hurt and feel the rage of what is happening. How do you guys feel about protesting? Are you guys with protesting and rioting? Or do you just feel like rioting is, is distasteful and takes away from, you know, what has happened and, and, and how we try to move forward? I heard Joe Reed correct herself today and said it's not rioting, it's an uprising. Um, and I think we should look at it that way. I'm all for protesting. I'm all for uprising. I, and, I mean, you you know, somebody said it. I, I've been hearing this a lot as well that and I'm using the term rioting. Rioting is the voice of those that haven't been heard or something like that, right? People go out and they do these things because they've been so bottlenecked that they're just exploding because they haven't been heard. Um, a lot of what you're seeing is only a little of what's actually happening. I think mm -hmm. there are really good protests that's actually happening out there, happening out there, and there are a few people that just stir the pot. I mean, we've been hearing things. I've, I've heard today. I've had heard it yesterday. I first heard it on Fox News about a group of folks that are coming in that are really doing all the looting, right? Yeah, they're, dressed, yeah. they're dressed in all black. And I heard it again. And then somebody confirmed it today saying that there is this group, they think it's the white supremacist group that go all, all, all over the place when these things happen. And they're the ones doing the looting. They're the ones doing the rioting. They're the ones stirring the pot, starting all this shit. Um, but the people that are being roasted are, are black and brown people, right? And even the, um, one of the leaders of the black rights movement was talking about, yeah, this has been happening for years. They know about this. This is nothing new. They confront them all the time, but they wait for this for this a situation like this to happen and they thrive in it. And so the narrative has been painted that there's rioting, but in actuality, I mean, that's, that's probably very, it's happening, but it's not the significant part of that protest that's actually happening. And again, the media, we got to combat that controls that. I mean, it's hard to do that when the media is the one that's controlling that. I mean, cause you, you said you saw it like what on Fox news, maybe here and there, but you're not, no one is focusing on that because that's strategic. If people of, of the white supremacy are actually going out and, and disguising themselves as protesters to, to loot and start uh, and, and steer shit up, that is strategic. So that should it, be talked about. It, and, and I agree. It should be talked about. And I think when it came out, I, the thing is, I think people knew it was happening. I don't think the media knew. I think people knew it was happening. And I think somebody slipped it that maybe shouldn't have slipped it because you also hear President Trump come out and blame uh, a left wing anarchist group. Right. So now you got President Trump, who is supposedly a white supremacist or who, who supports them, defending them by saying, well, it's not this white supremacist group that's in all black. It's this left wing, uh, you know, anarchist group doing it. So we have to paint our own narratives, though. If we know that is going on, we need to put it out there. We need to say we're not the ones doing it. We're trying to stop it. But there is a group of people that go all over the country whenever we want to stand for things that really matter to us. And they're, and they're, they're making it hard for us to do that. Yeah. Do, do you guys think we'll see change in our lifetime? I feel like I've said a lot. No. No, no. we're not. We're not because we haven't. Mm. Right. I mean, this shit has been going on. I think one of the first major riots that, that really started based on like police brutality towards black people in the United States of America was in the 90s. Like, go listen to some of the shit Pac had to say. 
that yeah. shit is still relevant to today. Even Michael Jackson. Pac, Pac died. When did Pac die? In 97, 98? Some shit like that? 95. Shit's yeah. still going on. It's 2020, y'all. I was watching the news and, the, and it was a black, uh, black, I think he was either, he was a mayor, I can't remember what city, he was talking about how he was reminiscing about riots that happened when he was at a young age. Mm-hmm. And he was having a conversation with his father, who's 91. He was like, oh, you think that's bad? Well, let me tell you about these riots that happened back in the 1940s. So it's been happening. Like, this yeah. is nothing new. Generation and generation and generation, you go back. It's been the same thing over and over and over again. It's hard to feel optimistic, man, when, it, when it's something that continues to be cycled, like you said, for generation to generation. And it, it, to me, it's scary. You know, we, like I said, we're all going to have children at some point, And it's kind of like, um, is this what our children are going to have to deal with when they become adults like us? It's, it's unfortunate. It really is. Um, I don't know, man. I, I don't have much more to say. I don't know about you guys. Um, I mean, I think it's important to note that I, I don't want to say this and I don't want to be this guy at this moment, but the reason why people are, you know, reacting the way that they are is because they are personalizing this, that, you know, this can happen to me. Whereas it's, it's a smaller percentage of people that get treated like this than people that don't, but it's just that, I don't care. It's the whole situation about COVID-19. If I give you a bag of Skittles that has 100 Skittles in it, and out of those 100, three of them can kill you, are you going to eat that bag of Skittles? Fuck no. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And that's what's actually affecting, you know, black people in America, where, where it's that, you know, it's not all black Americans that is going to go through this, but there's a probability of it happening. And because of that probability... And it's very fucking scary. You're like, yo, some shit got to change because, yeah, there's a probability of it happening, but the probability of the thought, the probability of racism is actually higher than the probability of being actually killed by a, a, a cop or by a white person. So it's it's just a numbers game at the end of the day to people where they're just trying to survive, man. Like, I think that's the difference between like black people in America and white people in America in that. Black people in America are surviving. White people in America are living, yeah. right? They're, yeah. they're, 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 they're not trying to survive. They're not surviving. They're not they're making living. sure that they're, they're yeah. good to go. They're living. And that essentially is what it is, is that black people just want to be able to get to that point where they're living. And they try to do so by various means. And maybe that's the reason why we are the way that we are. Maybe that's the reason why our buying power is the way that it is, because we are trying to live we are trying to live, and we know that there's a force and a power out there that's trying not to let us live, and we're tired of trying to just survive, and we're just trying to live, because in surviving, you may not live, and your life can be taken at any moment, so fuck. I don't know, man, but... Yeah, I mean, you're right. The, 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 it's not like a one in four that we're going to walk out with and we're, we're going to be killed by a cop or a vigilante cop today. Um, you know the the effect of that though is 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 great. You know what I mean? It's like it's like the chance. I you you related it to you know three skittle three skittles in a bag. Um, I've related to you know it was like cancer. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? We we right. the the chance of getting cancer is, is low and it's rare. Chance but, of getting COVID is low. 
but yet here we are, right? It's a non-zero number. <laughs> yeah, you know, but once you when when you get it or or you see that it's only happening to your people, yeah. you won't be like shit. We got to do something about this. This is a, this is a real issue, and and it's been a it's been and because it's been a continuance since the beginning of time, and it's been passed down from generation. We personalize it because we have been given that burden from the generation that came before us. They have yeah. been given that That's burden from the generation that came before them. I mean, so we, carry, we carry the burden of our ancestors. We don't want to go back to 1960s. In 1960s, they wasn't trying to go back to the early 1900s. In the 1900s, they wasn't trying to go back to before 1865. And then so on and so on. Like, we're not trying to go backwards. We're trying yeah. to go forward. And, and the fact of the matter is, if you talk, liken it to the opioid epidemic, it's a thing because of who is susceptible to. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's white people. So white people are going to make a big deal out of it. Out right. of, right. White people are going to make sure that, you know, opiate crimes are not that heavy right. uh, on the people that are, you know, selling fake drugs or the people that are utilizing. Whereas, you know, look, you look at the juxtaposition with black people, it's a different conversation. And of right. course, black people are fighting. So it's all about like personal identification of what you're trying to do to make sure that you and yours are good going forward. And I think that's the problem that black people have is that whenever they try to do that, the other side has a problem with that instead of understanding why they're doing it. Right. I think we're also trying to do two things at one time. We're trying to move forward and we're trying to get the other side to understand, um, which is something that we haven't quite figured out yet. We talked about it when we went to that Wale video and we say we're not, they're not going to understand because, um, they haven't, they don't go through it, they don't experience it. So they don't see what is actually happening. And if they can't see what is actually happening, it has to be like faith. And it ain't like who whose faith wants to be that there's a people out there that are actually dying, right? Whereas they mm-hmm. rather believe the faith that these people deserve it. Uh, and so that's that's a much stronger faith for them to believe. Than it is because once you start believing that people deserve it, you can easily wash your hands of that. Like, ah, oh, he deserved it. Uh, you know, he's a criminal. He committed a crime. He deserved it. He's a bad person. He deserved it. His ancestors killed. He deserved it. So once you start thinking like that, it's easy to wash your hands. But once you start realizing that innocent people are actually dying, then you have to be compelled to stand up and do something. There's no way that we can watch innocent people die and not be impacted or affected by that. Because if that was the case, we'd be killing. Y'all know what I'm going to say. But <laughs> You know what the crazy thing is? Um, um, you know, this uprising only happens when it's cops that do it, for the most part, right? I don't, I don't recall there being an uprising of this nature or like a riot with, you know, Zimmerman killing Trayvon Martin. I don't know if you guys... No, there was. No, it, 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 there was, but it, it, it escalated with Ferguson, right? Which was the exactly. cop. Right, you're right. Cop. This Tra- only happens when cops do it. But, Tra- Tra- but Trayvon was the first situation, and we were mm-hmm. expecting justice. Here's mm-hmm. a man who's not a cop, mm-hmm. who chased the black kid, who shot him. Oh, we get injustice. But we know when it comes to cop, we ain't getting justice. So we have to fight for that justice. Yeah, yeah and I think it's just been building. You know what I mean? It's like one thing after another, after another, after another. And, and like I said, it's what I'm seeing now in this protest and, and riding, uh, 
people are fucking up police officers that are that are in there to control these situations. It, at some point, it's going to, you know, bubble over. You know, whether it's now, ten years from now, or whatever. If 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 we don't get control of this situation as a, as a nation, it will it will eventually bubble, bubble over. Um, and I'm gonna say this, man. Some some people don't need to be cops. It's that's a fact. It's a fact. That's just a fucking fact. 100%. A lot of people. Some people 100%. do not need to be cops. And, They're not and, vetting and, people properly. And that's another thing that can be done, right, is to address that. But then the cops will come back and say, well, when we do that, we can't really get anybody and we need people. Well, shit. Haven't you thought about the fact that the fact that the people that you're talking to are not good enough? Maybe you just widen the pool. But... but Again, it's a situation where they're not just going to understand that yeah, it's, their process is stuck. Because there are people that fail. No, it's a, it's a whole bunch of procedures that need to be changed. And it's weird that we can easily see that, but these people that, that control these procedures and processes refuse to, to, to change any of it. I, I don't know what it's going to take them to be like, hey, you know what? We need to change the procedures of how police officers uh, approach people within the community it doesn't make sense it doesn't make like, sense at like why are they so scared like i don't understand like cops are so scared you have the fucking weapon what are you scared of it's a it's a fraudulent white fear of of black people i think it is a training issue but we we, we see different things happen when a white person is involved we've seen white people pull their guns out we've seen white people have the hand on the trigger but that's true White people with train. white people with guns aren't dying by cops the way that black people without a gun is dying by cops. So that's it a is, fact. Let's get it one thing straight. A gun is fear. A gun does not erase your your fear. If you was a bitch before you had a gun, you're gonna be a bitch with a gun. If you were a coward before a gun, you're gonna be a coward. I'm not, with a gun. But see, I'm not talking no, no, no. about the gun. I'm talking about the no, no, no. I'm fearing. Though. No, I'm, I'm saying to A Mike's point of why are you scared you have a gun? That doesn't change anything. That just makes you a bitch with a gun now. So that means you, in, instead of running out of fear, you're going to shoot out of fear. Instead <laughs> of hiding uh, out of cowardice, you're going to shoot out of cowardice. Like that, a gun is, right. for all intents and purposes, is like a, a weed. It doesn't make you a different person. Like, oh, when you get drunk, you're not a different person. You're just more of who you are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. So to, to that point, that's why this officer who murdered um george floyd it was done in cold blood because he didn't even have a gun he did it with nope. his, he, he did it I mean, I mean you saw his fucking face on that video he yeah. gave no fucks about what he was doing no yeah. fucks this nigga saying i can't breathe he's calling his oh my i don't even want to talk about it no more yeah that wasn't out of that wasn't out of fear i don't know no. like, what, no, what was yeah, the that purpose was of that, that like there were four of you guys malice three of you holding that three of malice you yeah they just didn't give a fuck about a black life. But that's 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 you know that's that's the hate that they carry in their hearts, and yeah. and and that's the hate boiling over for whatever reason, for whatever reason. And, and it's been it perpetuated, you know. It, yeah. You know, it, it reminds me of that uh, Jackie Robinson movie. You know, when he becomes the first baseball player, a black baseball player in the major leagues, and um, he comes out into the field. And all these racist white people are saying, you nigger, you nigger. And there's this little kid. He's looking around. You know, innocent, innocent white boy. Doesn't Because he's not, he hasn't lived life yet. So he doesn't understand racism. And then he looks around. And then five seconds later, he's like, you nigger, you nigger. 
this shit is perpetuated by yeah. generation, by ge it's taught, you know, and it's kind of like, when are they going to break the fucking cycle and understand we human just like you are? We bleed the same blood that you bleed. In their, you know eyes, in their eyes, we not, and in their eyes, we don't. So uh, until you change their Bible, I don't know. Uh, but I do want to say, though, um, I everything that's going on across the country as far as the protesting, um, I am okay for how people feel they need to deal with this situation. Okay. Um, it to me, it's a much to me, and 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 one of the guys who's one of the minority guys, um, minority gentleman whose business burned down. He said it. He said, you know, it's a building; it can be rebuilt. Those things that I sell, I can, can I can get them back and sell them again. But you can't, I'm you can't sure. rebuild a life. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, yeah. to me, it doesn't matter that they're destroying what is perceived to be their community or whatever it may be where they live. It doesn't matter because the life was taken that you just can't get back no matter what you do. So I'm all for however people feel they need to deal with this. I just think that we as a whole in general need to get wiser in how we do it. Before we wrap up, I got one last question for you guys. Um, do you guys feel like uh, a lot of these businesses, these big businesses um, and corporations that, that feed off of black people dollar, you know, African-American dollar, should be obligated to come out there and, and, and you know, show support? Uh, Nike just recently put something out that says, um, shit, let me pull it up. I think it says, don't do it, is what it says. Um, and, you know, and, and there's a lot of, I've been hearing a lot of uh, feedback saying that some of these corporations need to step up and show support. Do you guys think that they should do that? If it comes from a place, uh, a genuine place, I mean, as I said, I don't want someone showing support to increase their bottom dollar right. because then it's not genuine. Yeah, um, yeah. But what I would love to see happen is the ability for us, you know, one of the ways that I, that we could, that I felt that we could bring change about is that if we had an advocate with um, where we work, like if we could, if we had the ability to go back and say, I stand for this cause and I want you to support me, you know, those are ways that we can kind of see that change. But we don't have that ability, right? Uh, businesses don't put out what they stand for, right? And they don't want you to incorporate what you stand for into their business because it might right, be, right. It might be bad for business. It might be yeah. conflicting. So um, however a way that we can create that avenue for us as as working class citizens to say this is something that i want you to support because it's affecting the world that we live in um but I, it has to come from a genuine place that's what i believe it has to yeah. be genuine and i agree with that as long as it's genuine i'm cool with it so the company that young buck and i work for um after we brought it to their attention uh when was it the when did it happen i think it might have been like 2016 when all of that shit just happened and it happened all at once. And like black people all over the country were just not doing very good. And, you know, at that point in time, you know, some of us at the company sent an email to the CEO of 
you know, the company in, in the Americas, uh, you know, she responded and put out a message about it. And ever since then, whenever something happens in the nation pertaining to uh, a group of, uh, of minorities that should be protected or injustice that happens to minorities, we do, we do respond to it um, uh, in the company. And because the company that we, that we work for are, they're more so progressive than not in their overall view of things, right? Now, people may feel differently about it, but that's what I've noticed, right, is that they are pretty progressive in that regard. So when, you know, uh, somebody of, when an LGBT club shot up in Miami, they responded to that to make sure that, you know, the LGBT people in the company know that, yo, we see what's going on, we feel for you, we understand that you may not be okay, and it's okay not to be okay, right? Right, right. You know, companies just understand that simple human nature because at the end of the day there's a human that's pushing the button at the top of the company ensuring that things happen or when you know was happening you know we decided not to uh focus on you know dollars with the uh because we're like you know that doesn't go along with what our views and our vision of the companies and our mission, it just, it does, it just doesn't like gel with our, our, our core values. Uh, so as long as that company's core values along their lines, yes. If it's not, and they are really just trying to do it because of pressure one, or they're trying to, you know, pander, fuck that shit. Don't do that shit. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and, and just to clarify, the, the Nike thing was for once, don't do it. Um, so, that was in reference to what? The, What'd you say? Well, that was in reference to what? Um, you know, just showing their support to what's going on. You know, just do it. They always say just do it, so yeah. they switch it up to say like, for once, for don't, once do don't do it. Do like, it. yo, yeah. stop killing them. Like, don't yeah. okay. do it. Just make sure it's like for once, just don't don't do it. As in, don't write. I wanted to understand what the. Whole oh, okay. so, sorry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, I think for me, that's all I got, man. Um, you know, if you guys got anything else, we can keep going. If not, you know, let's we can call it a wrap. Sandwiches, sandwiches. <laughs> you know, but just you know, I'm praying for you. You know, my my brothers and sisters out there. Yeah, um, sure. And I, you know, I hope everyone stays safe. And yeah, even the people on the front lines of the riots and and whatnot, and just the protesting. Absolutely, and and, and no. <laughs> EBS podcast is with you guys. And, and for me, I, I do support police officers that are out there doing the right thing. Absolutely. Um, so I hope that we can get the same support for those that aren't doing the right thing and vice versa. We need to call out the people that aren't protesting the correct way in the same way that we want them to call out the police officers that aren't policing the right way. And, you know, my support is with everyone that's doing the right thing. Right. Um, doing the right thing the right way for an unjust cause. Uh, so, yeah. Or for a just cause. I should say for an, a just cause when something was done unjustly. All right. Well, I think that's it. Young Buck, anything? You good? No, I'm good. I'm good, man. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. This was uh, the EBS podcast. I'm A-Mike, and I guess we out. Peace. Later.